Hello, happy people. Welcome to the Profitable Happiness Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Profitable Happiness Podcast. And oh boy, I have with me today Krista Beck, who is a dating coach, a relationship expert, and she is going to teach us all about the world of building relationships, both in business and outside of business, right? I am so, uh, uh, I'm so, I'm looking forward to everything you have to share. But you know, one more thing, you live in Austin. We, mm-hmm. we just found out that we're like sort of neighbors. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing today, Krista? I'm doing pretty good. I'm just really happy to be here with you. And I love seeing your smile. You have a oh, great smile, you. Dr. Pele. Thank you. Now, it looks like you've already started working the magic of building relationships, complimenting people, right? <laughs> when it's genuine, I like to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. you know, um, Krista, this is new territory for me. You know, we've talked about profitable happiness and a bunch of different things, but I know absolutely nothing about your world of helping people find connection and love and relationships with with other people. I think it's fascinating. And I think that it has a lot to do with, or we can learn so much from that in business. So I just can't wait for you to talk about that. But let's talk about how you got into this line of work, this entrepreneurial pursuit. How did you become Krista Beck, the Love Radar dating coach? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I've always been Krista Beck, but the, um, as a dating coach and matchmaker, you know, it's been an evolution. You know, I've been in the relationship and dating industry for over like about 12 years now. And, you know, you may have seen me on ABC, NBC, Fox, TEDx. I'm also an award-winning violinist. And then I'm also like, also taught meditation. I've meditated over 20,000 hours in my life. So I'm a unique, different kind of coach, but it all started Dr. Pele. 12 years ago, well, probably more than 12 years ago, because I read the book first. Um, I read the book Four Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Have you ever read that book? Yes. Okay. So when I read that book, I was like, oh, okay. So all I heard was I need to move to Thailand and start an online business. Those were the two things that I felt like I needed to do. So guess what I did? I sold all my stuff. I got on a plane and I moved to Thailand. And then I got to Thailand and I'm on the beach and I'm enjoying the sun for like maybe a week. And I'm like, okay, this is boring. I'm not much of a vacation kind of person. I'm more like, let's do projects kind of person. So, okay, Tim, Tim, per- Tim Ferriss said to start an online business. So what is it going to be? I'm like, okay, well, I'm passionate about relationships and love and dating. And so why don't I build a website and start creating? creating that for myself. So I taught myself how to build a website. I learned coding and everything. And I started creating this um, advice website. And within two years, it grew to like 90,000 visitors a month were coming to my website. Wow. So that's how it all started. Wow. You know, what's interesting is I'm not surprised because I've seen a couple of videos of you helping people sort of talk through where they are with the relationship issues and then sort of guiding them gently. You're very gentle. <laughs> You're guiding them gently to a new understanding of, of how that all works. Was there something in your life that made you passionate about this topic? I mean, 
you know, uh, we sort of arrive at places in different ways. What, what sort of woke you up and said, you know what, this is the topic I'm passionate about, so let me go do this. What, what was that besides Tim Ferriss's book? <laughs> um, I mean, I've always like for over 25 years now, I mean, I've been passionate about like meditation, personal development, relationships, um, communication. And so I think I really, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I love learning new things. So I would say probably the book though, books do awaken me. And I would say men are from Mars. Women are from Venus, um, was a book that I read very at a young age. And I was like, this is interesting. I never read any book that really spoke about that. So that began my journey of like where I, where I wanted to go with getting my degree. Like I had originally went to school to be a doctor, like, cause I was really good at math and science. And then, um, I switched my degree to be uh, to be a major in bachelor in science and communication. And then I specialized more in human relationships and the dynamic and communication between men and women. So I just started following my curiosity, what I was passionate about. So in the middle of getting my uh, bachelor's in science and studying communication, that's when I was like, you know, going to Thailand, took a break from school, went to Thailand, started building a website, then came back and finished my degree. And then like, then it evolved more into okay, well, now I want to help people heal from their past relationships and creating a program around that. Okay, well, now people are healed. What's next? So they need to get clear. So I created a program on that. And then it's like to what I'm doing today, which is this real strong hand-holding process from the beginning of end of those beginning stages of dating that a lot of people kind of get caught up in the fairy tale of dating instead of like, there's actually skills and practicality to choosing your life partner. And people really don't know what they're doing a lot of the times with that, that, that beginning stage. And so I hold their hand to like the exclusivity stage. Yeah. And so that's kind of my little specialty realm in there. And then I do some matchmakings for some of my exclusive clients. Yeah, you know, I, I love hearing stories about where a person has come from because the truth is, sure, you wanted to be a doctor back then, but guess what you are now? A doctor. <laughs> You're still a doctor, okay? You didn't go anywhere. You just... <laughs> focused on something else, but you're still healing and you're bringing clarity in, in, in different ways. You know, on that note, give us a sense of the kind of people that you serve. Um, when I say kind of people, really I'm thinking, what challenges does a person have so that when they meet you, you are like ready to help them begin to see a new path? What does that look like? What, you know, what do they look like? Yeah, well, I mean, I work with single men and women, and they're just at a place where they're just not meeting the right people. They're either not meeting people who are attractive enough to them or um, intelligent or successful enough. Um, a lot of them are just tired of the inauthenticity of dating apps or they're just they just think dating feels like work and what they really want is a, to find a real connection with a quality person that has that long-term potential. So when people are bumping their head against the wall, they're frustrated, they really are committed. Like the best person to work with me is someone who is really committed to having a long-term committed relationship that wants the marriage, maybe even wants family, more that commitment-minded person 
that's my sweet spot because I love being able to help people get out of their own way. And so I help them through my training programs, through my coaching programs, through one-on-one, through group. Um, I even have a book. So I, I, I really like to help people to navigate that journey and being able to discover what they really need and want in a partner, holding their hand through the dating process, learning the skills they need, understanding the opposite sex, and then to feel more confident and happy and attractive as they're jumping back into the dating scene in a more powerful and effective way. Wow, that that's that's just so awesome. I really kind of enjoyed when you said that, you know, people are tired of the inauthenticity of all these dating apps. And, and I immediately saw parallels in the business world. Mm. Sometimes people introduce robots and technology and automations that take away that personal business connection that we need. I mean, I just see the same yes. problem. And so yeah. you're helping move them back to sort of human beings, right? <laughs> just yeah. as, as we, I'm finding that that's what's happening in the world of business. You have to get back to building real business relationships. Is that kind yeah. of- I mean, it's similar yeah. because I feel like people get tired of the inauthenticity of dating apps because mm -hmm they've kind of have an illusion of how apps are supposed to be. So they think it's supposed to be easy. And so then they're dealing and having to sort through all the fake profiles and people that are really not sincere. And I also feel like as business people too, like we're on our own individual paths. We know who's a good client for us and who's not, you know, and I think we learn that the more where we are business owners, we know who we want to invest our time into and who we don't. Mm -hmm. And so I think we are also dating and sorting and it can get tiresome to be sorting through maybe the inauthenticity of maybe potential clients or potential people that you can collaborate with on the business scene. I think, I think being a successful business owner is on some level about collaborating, but we don't want to collaborate with people that maybe aren't in alignment with our values, or we just don't vibe with them, or they are just, they're just marketing because they just want to make money. There's no like feeling behind what they're up to. And so I think everybody for their own selves as being a business person needs to really be in tune with themselves and figure out who who do I resonate, who do I want to serve, and then who do I want to collaborate with. I'm actually very, very picky about who I collaborate with. I get a lot of offers to be on stages or to be on these virtual summits. But if I don't feel like I'm in alignment with what they're promoting, because they do ask that you promote to your list. Mm -hmm. And if I don't feel like my clients are going to vibe with what they're vibing with and just where they're at, I don't want to, I just don't want to do it. But I get excited when I'm invited to these virtual stages when I'm like, yeah, I feel good about that. That feels nice. That feels in alignment with me and what would make a difference. But yeah. when people are just doing these summits because they just want to build their own list and it's not really built on what they're passionate about, mm -hmm. they're just kind of using people. <laughs> that, that feels icky to me. Well, you want to know what feels very icky in the business world is someone gets into your email or into your messenger thing on LinkedIn. And the first thing they say is, here's who I am. Buy my product. <laughs> That's icky. And you know what's interesting? I like to use the analogy of marriage, actually. I like to say, don't ask for marriage on a first date because <laughs> it doesn't work in most cultures, right? <laughs> Oh, I could see the 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 uh, sort of the parallels. No, and I could see that too because 
I know you're a LinkedIn guy, mm-hmm. right? But I must say that LinkedIn is one of my least favorite social media because people want to request and be friends with me on LinkedIn. So I say yes. But then at least every day I'm having to X out five messages of people doing exactly what you're doing. I don't respond. It's a turnoff. Everybody's doing it. And it's kind of it's a turnoff. It just feels very salesy in there. Not like what it used to be. And I don't. I don't like that unless someone I can tell that they've sincerely written something specifically to me. But when it's that cut and paste, hey, what you doing? You getting leads? I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so <laughs> out of here. Isn't that? But OK, so do you leverage that kind of um, I, and I know I, I'd love to hear about your book and your methodologies. But since we're on this topic, yeah, you do you actually address this on the dating side? You know, I'm sure there I, I don't. I mean, I'm married and I have kids and I don't even know how to date. It's been 50 <laughs> years, but but I'm sure there are people who just show up and do that today. Like they, they just say, hey, baby, or something. I don't know that kind of is that something that you address that problem? Oh my gosh, yes, all the time, because I, I was just even sp- speaking with a potential client. I did. It, it wasn't a good fit. I didn't really want to take him on, but um, he was complaining a lot. Like I'm messaging women online and they don't respond back. And, you know, if they're on there seriously, they should want to text me back. And I'm like, okay, so, but what are you saying? He's like, well, I'm just saying hello or Hey. And I'm like, well, that's it. I mean, there are women on there that um, get inundated every day with like a hundred messages a day from guys just like you going, hello. And they have, and that's boring. So it's like, I want you to look at someone's profile, find something interesting and give them a cute little one-liner that's going to make them smile. I'm telling you, it's going to make you stand out. It's going to engage someone, but uh, most people don't know what to do with your hello. And I even get that on LinkedIn too. People just say hello. I'm like, what do you want me to do with that? <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, I I don't know. Is that like really like picky of me? <laughs> no, no, it's not. And in fact, to be really honest with you, you call me a LinkedIn expert. I think you are a LinkedIn expert because that piece of advice right there is so needed on LinkedIn. Like people need to understand how to back off. Yeah. Do a little bit of research on other people, show you care, blah, 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 but they don't know how to do it. They just show up and start to throw up and tell you (laughs) (laughs) and they start to tell you how great they are and that you should be using their product is like okay stop (laughs) but anyway krista tell us a little bit about your book and and i'm hoping that your book has sort of the solutions that you bring to the people that you meet that you've just described Um, And if not, tell us about both your book and your other solutions that you have and how that works. Well, I have so many solutions, but this is my book. It's called Break the Glass Slipper and Free Yourself of Fairy Tale Fantasies and Find True Love in Real Life. Now, I wrote this book specifically for women, but a lot of men have read it too, and they've gotten a lot out of it. But I do find that... um, our culture here in the United States, and, and, and it is pretty, pretty prevalent in other countries around the world, but we've been inundated with, with uh, movies and media from Hollywood and Disney's, especially since we were a young age. And we've taken in this information and then we've start to believe certain things about love, relationships, dating, how it's supposed to go. 
So in this book, I'm actually breaking down 10, 10 of the fairy tales, what I call fairy tales, which are just really false beliefs, false narratives that have been propagated by Hollywood that actually get in the way of single people succeeding on the dating scene because they're so caught up in the fairy tale and illusion of how they think dating is supposed to go that they could either miss out on a potential connection, they could just miss out on getting out there, or they could really feel bad about themselves because some of these fairy tales can make you feel really bad about yourself, lose your self-esteem, lose hope and confidence, which makes you not want to date at all. So the purpose of the book is to illuminate these so people can feel empowered to make new and uh, choices for themselves based in reality and get out of that fantasy. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I first of all, I can tell you, although I have not read your book, I love the analogy of your book and I want to read it. So I'm going to have to make sure I figure out how to find your book and we'll have links to stuff like that below. But, it, but if, if you wouldn't mind, could you tell us what the analogy um, means? You know, the glass slipper. I mean, I'm already thinking some fairy tale, uh, you know, maybe 12 midnight, the slipper. You know, what was what's your sort of picture that you're painting there? Well, Break the glass slipper, it kind of came to me because I knew I was busting up these fairy tales and Cinderella's glass slipper is the perfect image of this fairy tale mm -hmm. that, and I, I want people to really break their fairy tale, break their own glass slipper, figure out what their own glass slipper is mm -hmm. so they can break it. Plus, as a woman, and I love supporting other women, especially being able to um, reach new goals and to be able to bust through the glass ceiling. You know, we as women, we have this concept of the break the glass ceiling because you know, there's certain things that haven't been available to us that maybe men have easily been able to achieve. And so for me, break the glass slipper has a little bit of that too. We need to break through, break through this fantasy. And so that we can actually achieve what we really want to be achieving instead mm -hmm. of having these fairy tales get in the way of our true heart's desire. So you've got a really good advantage here because I'm not a woman. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you questions that maybe you wouldn't hear from women. And the other one that I need clarity on is give me an example of a slipper. So what, what, like a slipper, like what is that fantasy? I understand the glass ceiling that, you know, as a black man, can I say that? Yeah, I think I can say that. Of course that. you should as say it. I am a black man. <laughs> as a black man. Yes. I can say that. Okay. Yes. Say it. <laughs> I understand the glass ceiling, but. What do you mean exactly? Give me an example of a, of a slipper. Yeah. So an example would be a lot of people, men and women actually both have this one. So I'll ask, Hey, so how are you going to know? Like, how are you going to know if someone's going to be a good fit for you? And a lot of times they'll say, well, I'm just going to know him when I meet him, or I'm just going to feel so much chemistry with her that I'm just going to know it or there's going to be so much sparks between us, then I will know. So to me, that is a glass slipper. That's a fairy tale because when people 
And that's, can, can't you see that it's so easy that we believe that because, you know, when, in, in, when the fairy tales in Disney, like people meet and hearts are popping out of their head and birds are (laughs) swirling around and there's all this magical noise. And then in Hollywood movies, like people meet and then they lock gaze and then it's just magical. (laughs) Like they meet in this moment and then it's just there. So people have taken in this messaging thinking that is actually how it's supposed to be. And as a dating coach and expert, I'm like, no, this is not true. You don't actually have to have immense, crazy, knock yourselves off, knock your shoes off, knock your glass slippers off kind of chemistry. When you first meet someone, you don't, the instant spark doesn't necessarily have to be there. That's why I recommend that people do more. See see dating more as building a connection over time, Mm. see how that connection develops, see how that relationship develops and don't put so much weight and emphasis on the chemistry and the spark and this fairy tale, because what I find what that does, it has people miss out on someone that could actually be a really great long-term fit, but they're caught up in the fantasy. And so my job is to help them to see when they're buying into that and to choose more slower dating. Yeah. I can't tell you how true what you're saying, because I actually have personal experience of that. I I remember, um, you know, actually having a discussion with my best friend where I was telling her that I'm going to go get a list. And here's my list of the things I want in my my whatever I was looking for at the time. Guess what? She and I are now happily married for 17 years <laughs> and we've got kids and it's like we were best friends. And and she was there listening to my list of, you know, it's like, you know, so if, if you have this fairy tale of the lists and other things like that, I got lucky, but you can help people kind of break that, right? Yes. And people's lists. I, I, I'm, I definitely am an advocate for being intentional and really knowing what you want, but sometimes people get, can, can get caught up into the fantasy of their list exactly. and um, having the list be some sort of thing that they're not really fully like related and grounded to. And it's so interesting that you met your wife and she was a friend because there's two types of relationships that actually have very high likelihood of success, long-term success. Mm-hmm. And that is marrying someone who has, was your friend mm-hmm. because you know them. There's no fairy tales there. You know everything that they are. And yeah. then you marry them. Very high level of su- success. And do you want to know what the other um, option is for long-term what? What success? Arranged marriage in India. Really? <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so the idea of marriage on a first date could work in a different culture. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Very successful. But that success may also have to do with the structure of their communities. That yeah. They're structured to have the marriage succeed and to stick together and to feel supported in that. So it is... But it's just interesting to know arranged marriage and friends. Yeah, and and yeah, I guess with the arranged marriages, you're actually marrying into a community, not just mm-hmm. one indiv- individual person kind of a thing. You, the whole community becomes sort of yours, isn't it? Yeah, and I think also there's like a there there you're not getting married based on some sort of fairy tale 
love thing. You're getting married on the practicality mm-hmm. on, on, on that level. And then also um, the belief of what you believe about marriage and what it is and how, and uh, there's almost like a more humility uh, yeah. aspect to, to that. Like they believe that you can actually, the blood, the, the love can bloom over time. Like you can fall in love after you get married. And I'm like, and I'm a little bit for that. I do believe that you can fall in love over time. I mean, I'm not big on arranged marriage. That's not what I do, even though yeah, I do yeah. matchmaking, but yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's awesome. I, I, I love the energy of your perspective. And I just think it's certainly, you know, I agree with it because I've experienced some of that. Now, the other thing that I find fascinating about you is just your entrepreneurial spirit. Um, you know, let's face it, not everyone, you know, jumps off the cliff and lands healthy and happy doing what they do. And, you know, we talked about profitable happiness. You've actually connected things you love to do that you're good at doing with how you build your business. Can you give us any thoughts or maybe even advice for anyone who wants to go in that direction based on what you've experienced? If they want to build like a business based on their happiness? On their, yeah. Yeah. I mean... I'm a big advocate for following what lights you up in life and Mm. following your curiosity um, and looking to see what that is for yourself. Because I think if, if you create a business based on that, based on what lights you up, what you're passionate about, then that will be able to help you to see through the more mundane business aspects of things. Um, because there's a balance there's exp- I'm expressing my passion and what I love and helping people. And I love, love lives. And I love all that. But then I also have to balance like running a business and doing the details of that and doing sales and, you know, the financial part of it and looking at the details and stuff like that. So there's, to me, there's like a balance. And I think what makes it has had it for me, like me be able to build this steadily over time is that it keeps coming back to me that I'm just so passionate about people really loving themselves and honoring themselves and and in their journey towards sharing love with another human being. So I think that's what has sustained me and, and what has me grow as a person. Yeah, no, and and I can see that and I celebrate that. In fact, that's probably the one discovery for my life um, that has kept me going um, is that, hey, I don't have to leave my passion, my music behind. I don't have to become, you know, Michael Jackson or Prince. No, no. no. <laughs> but I can certainly bring Dr. it. Dr. Pele. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I bring it with me. And, and so um, I, I'm, I love to celebrate people who I meet who have really found their, their niche, if you will, their thing. But on that note, what's, what's next for you? What are you excited about right now that you'd love to share? And how can people get a hold of you to connect with you on that note? Well, professionally, I, I mean, my book did just get approved and launched on Audible. So that's awesome. kind of a big deal for me. Are you reading I'm, it yourself? Excuse me? Are you reading it yourself? Yes. And that was quite the journey as well. <laughs> yeah, that's always the best. When, when I can hear the author, you know, you really get their energy and, you know, it's real versus some professional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of a big thing that's happened. And, and I'm just really looking forward to this year, especially building my business next level of my business in terms of 
how I can serve my clients in a way still within the pandemic, because we're in the middle of a pandemic as we're recording this, but also to, I'm always tuning in for myself of like, what feels good next for me to do? How can I evolve this? How, what am I getting lit up about? Because if I'm not lit up, if I'm not feeling authentically enthusiastic about something, it's not going to happen. So I have to be authentic to me and to my potential clients. So it's definitely a dance. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, and they can find me at kristabeck.com if they want more information. So oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm actually <laughs> going to also include the book and the LinkedIn uh, the LinkedIn connection URL or whatever they call Okay. It. Yeah, so we'll get all that. Krista, I have to say... Thank you so much for your, your smile, your energy. I've really enjoyed learning from you. And I want to say this. I've enjoyed learning about the people side of relationships. But to me, that is exactly what we need on the business side. Yes. And, and I think more people need to come learn both from you. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. It goes hand in hand, the business relationship. I really feel like I even had um, some law school reach out and they want me to do a presentation because their students are going to be interviewing and they want to bring a dating coach in to teach them like from a different perspective, like how to show up on interviews. So it yeah. really is about developing connection, developing relationship. It's the same. It's very important in business too. People don't realize relationships are everything. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for being a guest. Uh, glad to have met you and all the very best. Yes. Thank you for having me. So great to connect with you, Dr. Pele. <laughs> all right. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Thank you.